I've been around church for a long time. I know how it goes. How are you guys? We had, I, wanted, I wanted to talk about a, a problem that we're having in our, in our world. And um, there's a, it's not just recognized by me, but it seems to be recognized by everybody. And more and more reports are coming out, but it's just kind of like when you open your eyes, you see it. And it's a, there's an epidemic of aloneness and isolation. And here's the thing. Because it's culture, we aren't always aware of it. So you put a, if you take a frog, you take a frog and you drop him in a boiling pot of water, hops out. If you take a frog and drop him in a nice cool thing of water and slowly heat it up, slowly, 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 boil him to death. So what, what happens with our culture is we're used to it. This is how it is. This is what you do. And so we've gotten used to this slowly, the heat's turned up. The heat is this danger of isolation and aloneness. And so we, we're so used to it. You know, the difference between 35-degree uh, water and 36-degree water, it's like, I don't know, it's just cold. But the degrees keep changing. And I, I read a book that, that got me thinking about it in a different way, and it's actually called Tribe, and that's why I took the name and used it for our series. The essence of it is people who live in tribal societies, which we are just eons from, right, in modern American society, versus people that were tribal. And they com compared the two. The one time when this really came, like, clashing together was when... America was settled by Europeans, and there were tribal societies, Native American, and they, even Benjamin Franklin wrote about this, they were stunned how people were sometimes captured in tribal societies, they were like, like Western European, and oftentimes then they would be captured back and they wanted to stay in a tribal society, and they couldn't figure this out. And then social scientists have started to, to, to do more research on this. And the deep sense of belonging, the deep sense of belonging that these societies give off is so compelling that people would leave their families. And it got me thinking about Genesis where God makes, us, makes Adam, and then very shortly after, he goes, Genesis 2.18, it's not good for the man to be alone. And that's just what I want to talk about, the not good. Um, the series that I'm going to do in a couple weeks is about the, the answer. So we have to talk about what we can do about it. And I think there are things we can do about it. But we have to, 
we have to recognize that the, the temperature in the water is changing ever subtly. And now we've been in it so long that we think it's normal. And by the way, um, men, so they're, they're reporting, the reports are things like, like the Surgeon General, for instance, an epidemic of loneliness, an epidemic of loneliness. And they talk about how it affects us. And I'll just say this, because I'm, man, I, I mean, I would never admit that I'm lonely. I got one amen. I, man, I would never. I mean, you could just, you know, you could put stick bamboo shoots in my fingernails. Are you lonely? No, I'm never. It's something that as you grow up in a modern American man, you would never admit. Could I get a hua or something from the guys? I mean, is, it, is this true? I mean, at least I'm telling the truth. Unbelievable. <laughs> at least I'm telling the truth. You're not, you're not allowed to admit it because that makes you seem weak. Yeah, you're weak. You need other people. <laughs> you know, some John Wayne you are, right? This is, I'm telling the truth. So you have to know that on top of it, a man is never allowed to admit. Now, so you go from the societies where people were connected and they did things together to a modern society. And then you add the, the dose of financial well-being. And some of you say, man, I'm not, I'm not well off financially. L listen to me. Trust me, if you compare yourself to some ancient tribal societies, you are unbelievably well off, no matter how much you're struggling. And I pray for you. And we're here for you. But... In this book, he said something that, that got me thinking, and I can't put it down. He said, look, in our modern society, for the first time, you could go almost an entire day and see people all throughout the day who are most everyone that you see is a complete stranger to you. That is a very modern thing. That's a lot of degrees of the water boiling. If you go back in time, that was never the case. You knew all kinds of people around you. And it got me thinking. This happened just twice in one day yesterday. I got to thinking about the modern day rudeness in our society. I mean, are there some, is there some rude people? I mean, it's not you, but are there some rude people out there? And, and uh, we, we were getting off the airplane the other day. And we get off and there's like a way you get off airplanes. I don't know if you know this, but public service announcement. The people in front of you get to get off first. Not the people that are the meanest or the rudest or in the biggest hurry. Now, if, if someone's missing a connecting flight and they say, oh, please excuse me, do you mind we're missing a connecting flight? The, the correct answer would be, by all means. But because you can run over a four-year-old, I, I still got a little flint temper in me, trust me. Uh, one lady got an elbow from me on the airplane, all right? Whether I'm Jesus-like or not, uh, Vicky is like, I said, wham, I just threw the bag right there. I'm like, she's four, you know what I mean? It's going to take her 0.4 seconds longer than you to get down the aisle. Anyway, sorry, forget, pray for your pastor. <laughs> okay. There's some rude people out there. There's some rude people. 
And, and then I got to think, and someone else told me about what happened to them in the grocery store, like the most rude things. So the idea is you get off the plane, you're like, these people go and these people go. And just take this, they're, maybe they're elderly, might take them a little bit longer. Now, I'm not talking about we weren't like changing diapers and like it's going to be 20 minutes. I'm just talking about she had to pick up something and she might have turned around. It's like, take our turn. And it dawned on me, it's all connected. The aloneness, the isolation, the rudeness, the anger, it's all connected. You know why? Because those people feel like, I'm going to cut this person off because I'm never going to see them again. They didn't say it out loud. That's exactly what they think. I'll never see them again. Screw you and your four-year-old. I'll never see you again. That's what it is. That's why we can act that way. It used to be, <laughs> I wasn't planning on getting all that angry, but I was a little angry, I will tell you that. Uh, but it used to be, you knew the people around you. And you cared about the people around you. And they cared about you. You would never do that because you're going to see that person. In fact, you would probably say something like, oh, does Charlie need a hand picking up her toy? In 1960s, I, I, I re did some research. I do work every now and then for you guys. But I, in the 60s, because I wanted to know, I wanted to know when we got rid of the front porch in America. I got, I got a front porch and I sit out there and it's, it's, it's interesting, you know? It's interesting in modern society because people don't know, are they supposed to look or not look? You know, we always go. <laughs> but like a lot of people don't, they don't think it's even polite to look anymore. Don't make eye contact. And a lot of people say, stop. And they go, oh, I like the front porch. Sit out there and have coffee or talk to people. In the 60s, I looked it up for you. It's when they got rid of the front porch in general, in general. I know they can still make them. Things used to happen. People used to know each other. They talked to each other, socialized with each other. One thing after another, after another, after another, oftentimes, listen, listen carefully, to, oftentimes with good intent, replaced community, belonging. Right? So it's just a little more efficient. We can do this now that you have a car, or now that you have a television, or now that you have air conditioning. All these things, they sort of change. And now, you know, you don't need to sit out there. I was reading one quote from a guy who said, Ma used to always roll her hair. I think I have visions of my grandma with like rollers in her hair. They don't do that anymore, do they ladies? I don't know, do they? I don't know. You sit on the front porch and just let them dry or whatever. And then they talk and the family time and they look at the stars. And then he said, I don't think since Ma got the dish has she ever stared at the stars. More disconnection, more disconnection. Now today, I was, t I was telling one, a group from the church, like with the with the remote garage door thing. I mean, you just come in, you put, you pull the door up, you go in, sit in there, and you watch TV. Shut it. 
I mean, let's talk about all kinds of things, right? Like in some ways, you want to be away from some people because some people are annoying. You're not, but some people are. So we want to isolate them, talk to them, or I disagree with them. Now, ready? Add a layer of technology where you can just take a little device in your pocket, have a full conversation in your head with all these different people about all these things. Did you know that research is showing you spend more than a half hour a day on social media, it does something to you. So if I look at you, right, we make eye contact, it does something for you. It does something good for you. It releases um, oxytocin in your system, right? It's good. It's, 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 they, they call it like the love gene. It's what gives moms their, their breast milk. It's what, it's what uh, it releases all this rush of warm feelings, eye contact. So what is this doing for our eye contact? See, now what happens is, and this is why it's tricky, there's some short-term rush that, that I, I'll say kids, but now it's going to sound like I'm just blaming the kids because I think it's all ages, frankly, although it's alarmingly concerning for the young ones. Are you with me? They get this little feeling, and it's a false feeling, like a rush. Oh, they liked my video. Oh, they liked my thing. And they're just obsessed with being liked online, obsessed with being liked online. And now it's like this. Oh, they liked it. Oh, I, I made it. Now, is it a real release of oxytocin? No. It's false. It, one social scientist said it this way. He said, it's like eating junk food. It fills you up for a quick second, but it didn't nourish you. And so now you got to go back and eat more. Now you're just shoving down the ho-hos. I need more likes. I need more likes. I need swipes. I need this. And you're, 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 you're ruining yourself by binging on this stuff. This is a Lego. Thank you very much. Anybody? All right. This is it's a cool blue Lego. What do you think? What do you think this Lego was built to do? You, you put it on the shelf and admire its beauty. The Lego, by its pure design, tells you something. It's screaming at you. Hook me up to what? A yellow Lego. Artistry. 
Now, if I had any talent or time, I could keep adding and adding and adding and adding, and all of a sudden you could see a, a castle or you'd see some cool creation. And what you'd realize is that the cool creation is made up of a bunch of connected parts. This is what modern society is doing, just pulling us apart. You stay over there, you stay over there, you stay over there, you stay over there. And we're screaming to be together. We're screaming. It's not good that the man is alone. That's not good. There's another verse in Genesis that tells us something about the nature of God which we shouldn't miss because they're, it's right, they're, they're right there connected. Genesis 1.26, God says uh, this. Then God said, let's, in fact, let's read this together. Ready? Let's read it together. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image and in... What stuck out to you? Our. Say who? Why is God talking in Plural. God said, let us make human in our image. From the very beginning, from the very beginning, we've known that God is plural somehow. By now, if you grow up in church, you know Father, Son, and what? But the thing that maybe we missed is the plurality part, the part that, that God has this thing where the Father's loving the Son and the Son's loving the Spirit and the Spirit's glorifying the Father and you know, this, this is constant paying forward. There's this relationship. If the nature of God is relationship and the nature of reality... and the, let me help you. If, even if you're not a believer, you know someone that's like, I don't even believe in God. Okay, the nature of reality itself is relational. And then you make humans and you separate them. They're just going to slowly die. <laughs> but people are so annoying. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah, they're people. It's like you. Anybody have an annoying roommate in your lifetime? I got two hands because I had a lot of them. Oh, man, this kid, this cat, man. Who raised you? Right? I know I wasn't the problem. How many know what I'm talking about? I know I wasn't the problem. So somehow. God made us to be connected. You know, on my phone this morning, I got a text from my friend Jamie who's celebrating with his wife Amanda. Their, I, I did their wedding. I had the privilege of doing their wedding, their, their third anniversary. Like right, right there. Yeah, there they are. Look at that. Three years. Hey, there you are. I got a text from him. And he sent me a picture of their wedding and me doing their vows. And then their vows are looking at each other, looking in each other's eyes. 
right? Some good, what? Some good oxy flowing there. How many know we just, we got the wrong kind of drugs flowing in our society. We got the wrong oxy. Flowing like picture. Oh, what a good picture. Oh, I love it. Got a text this morning. She would usually be sitting not too far from you guys. Jen Valdez, in her struggle with cancer, went to be with Jesus. I'm texting her husband. You know what he's saying to me? I got to look in her eyes. And she was looking. I know she was looking at heaven. She had a smile on her face. And you know what I got to think about? That's what it's like when you're really connected to a family. I got to, I got to celebrate with those that are celebrating. The, the, the humble honor of weeping with those that are weeping. Now what they want to do is they want to put headsets on us. They don't want to be on your watch and your phone. They won't put a headset on you. We haven't broken enough eye contact yet. We want, to, we want you to walk around with a headset. Virtual reality. Is this going the right direction, my friends? Now, I'm not saying that there's never a time where... You could have a hilarious 20 minutes playing a video game with a virtual reality headset on. I'm not saying that. But how many know what I'm talking about? This is just going the wrong direction. It's going the wrong direction. That we have to look again into each other's eyes. I can't fix all the things of modern life, but I'm going to go through these as we do our series. But one of the things that's happened is there's been a lack of focus on family. The word tribe is just basically family. So the focus needs to come back to that. Spiritual family... Other family, family. And as people are isolated, alarming amounts of young people, which I've talked about recently, alarming amounts of young people are suicidal. Tribal societies, this, just think about this, they don't have this problem. Even the ones that were, that were violent and always in, 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 in war with others, the one thing they weren't doing is they, were, they may have been in danger of losing their life in a battle, but they were never, ever, ever having to counsel their kids about taking their own life. Isolation is a big problem. It's not good that the man is alone. Somehow, we will do anything to feel necessary or important. I remember when I was in Bible school, I, I, 
I didn't know exactly what like ministry I wanted to do, but I thought I wanted to be a missionary, so I studied missions, and, and I, I had all kinds of cross-cultural uh, classes and, and uh, anthropology, and much, much of the training was there because I, I wanted to do something that was difficult. I want, and the reason I wanted to do something difficult was I wanted, I think I wanted to matter. Anybody remember being young, you just wanted to matter? I just want to, I just want to be important. That I, I did something big with my life. Please tell me somebody had a thought like that once in a while. That's how I thought. I like, yeah, I just... Now our modern society has almost perfected, almost perfected the art of making pe- people feel completely unnecessary. I have these Legos, I need all these parts to work. Each part's necessary. The other day, the Jeep didn't start. How many know you can have 1,728 parts on a Jeep that work, but if one part doesn't work, it might not run? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Why is that? We should be the odds. It's like, are you kidding me? I'm at 99.98% of the parts work on this Jeep. Run! <laughs> only is what? How many parts not to work? That means that part's what? Necessary. Everybody say necessary. necessary. Look at you. You're a part. You're necessary. You belong. You belong. You're vital. Our society, because it's built on productivity, it's like, now, you, anybody ever get replaced on the line before? Uh, we're not going to need you. Thank you very much for your service. Next man up. What modern society has done is it's perfected the idea. And it, as managers, I mean, if you've been in management, you know the wisdom of that to keep your, your ship going, right? It's like, don't make it around a person because if they become important, they can shut the whole thing down. I know I'm too close for comfort here in Detroit, Michigan, but I'm telling, am I telling the truth? You know, it's like, so society's not going to give it to you. They're not going to tell you how valuable and unbelievably necessary you are. You have to understand something about this Lego. I mean, I'm going to come back to the Legos. Here's the only difference with the Lego. Watch how easy it is to connect. Ready? Boop. Is it that easy to connect to other people? No. What about disconnecting? Ain't that simple. Anybody ever disconnect from somebody? Violent, messy, emotional. Anybody with me? So Paul has a much better than my lame Lego analogy. Paul said this, we're like a body, the body of Christ. It's more organic than a Lego. Because you can't just place them like this. You got to, it's got to, bro, anybody ever get a hip replacement? Huh? Knee replacement? Eyebrow job? Any, I'm just looking for anything. I come in something. Like, I don't know. 
<laughs> Is that a thing? <laughs> Shell says no by the laughter. Okay. It's not a thing. But if you get something put on something else, it takes a minute. It's got to what? It's got to grow. It's got stuff. It's got some nutrients got to get in there and it just starts to grow. Must be very practical. Like Chris, but like there's weird people. You're, that, that you're not one, I get. It's, it's going to take some time. You, you got to come out to this connection night and just, it's not going to be like, oh, it worked. Found my best friend. I poured my guts out to them. No, you're just going to sit and talk lighthearted, but you know, you're going to look somebody in the eye. That's going to be a start. And they might share about something a little bit better and a little bit deeper. And next thing you know, the, 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 the tendons and the, the ligaments and the things, they start to grow. And they, where does the bone end and where does the muscle come in? Paul said, we're the body. If you understood that, that would change your life forever. If you really got what Paul was talking about there. Ready? Because you can't take a body part off like this. That's going to hurt. And the minute you take a body part off from the body and put it alone, it's immediately what? Dying. The other day, someone brought some flowers over to the house and friends of ours. And, and Charlie goes, Daddy, what are those flowers doing here? And I'm like, oh, some friends brought them over. And she said, well, you, you got to take them outside. And I'm like, well, they, they brought them over. And like, they're going to die. Hmm, little kid knew. They need to be in the ground. They need to be, right? Once you cut them off, what? They're dying. Once you get cut off, you're dying. Don't let people cut you off from society. Don't let them cut you off from the body. Don't let technology or the speed or the pace of life or anything else do that to you. You stay connected. You know, one of the first things, I'm going to bring it back a little bit during this series, but when, when I started Orchard Grove, I had a cinnamon roll maker. The, boy, a bunch of you started paying attention. The Ministry of Cinnamon Rolls. A little, little group, you know, small little huddle. I said, your job every Sunday is to make cinnamon rolls. Why? Because if you make cinnamon rolls, everybody will stay. Huh? Can I get an amen? I said, cinnamon rolls. Some of you didn't hear me. And then people eat the cinnamon roll and they look each other in the eye. And the oxytonin would flow. And the good feelings would be there. And that's what we need. We have to be connected. And so I'm going to do everything in my power. I'm going to close with this verse. Because this is a hint to where we're going in this series. To encourage you to participate. In Acts 2, they gathered together in the early church. And it says they devoted themselves. So you had to make a commitment. You aren't going to be, listen, you aren't going to be connected to anything without a commitment. Everybody look. You aren't going to be connected without a commitment. You don't make a commitment, you're not going to be connected. Plain and simple. 
Lesson one, you got to make a commitment. If, this, if the sinew is going to grow into the bone, if it's going to, you got to be, you can't come today and not to, you just got to stay there. You got to make a commitment. My dad, one of the books I was reading, the guy was talking about how all these organizations, these civic organizations are dying slowly, you know, like the Lions Club. My dad, the Lions Club, the JCs, anybody remember? We used to sell ice for the JCs. I have no idea what that meant, but I just knew that's what my dad did. And we'd go, go to the MIS Speedway, 120 degree heat, and sell ice to desperate beer drinkers out there. <laughs> Needed ice for their beer. Civic things, but you, my dad was committed. He was stay committed. You got to be committed. They devoted themselves. I did a disservice to this church in some ways. I, I tried to do a service, but in some ways I did a disservice. Because I felt a lot of people were fighting with religion where they got overburdened. Is anybody with me? Overburdening religion, like you have to do this and you have to do that and you have to. Am I relating to anybody today? Like that guy. So I made it a, a burden light church. And please know my heart, I tried to do what I thought was the right thing, but in some ways I did a disservice. Because I didn't ask somebody for enough commitment, for your own good, not, not for mine. I tell Vicky the stories that I went to church. She's like, you went to church like Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night? Oh, yeah, but like you went twice on Sunday morning. You had to go to Sunday school and Sunday. Anybody, is there, do I have one witness out there? But you know, she goes, man, how in the world did you do that? I go, what we did. I was devoted. You got to do something with your time. This isn't a sermon about, but it is a sermon about. Vicky told me something. We're watching, watching something on Netflix about people that live to be 100. They said, if you go to church twice a week, if you go to church twice a week, add seven years to your lifespan. Eight times? Eight years. Oh, eight years. <laughs> Seven or eight. <laughs> they devoted themselves to one another, breaking bread, to prayer, started sharing their stuff, their meals. For your own good, get devoted. For your own good, get involved. For your own good, get connected. There's other places you get connected. There's no doubt about that. There's something deep about connecting in the family of God. There's something deep about it. If you allow yourself to. You're going to have to open up your heart. You're going to have to open up your calendar. Two things you got to do. You can open up your calendar and not your heart, and then you're just here going. That's okay. It's a start. You can open up your heart, but not your calendar. Doesn't work. You got to open both to have that level of connection. You need it. 
We're smoking the wrong dope in America. Huh? We're smoking the wrong stuff. You need some oxy, brother. You need some tonin up in there. What you need? See if I'm lying. I told you it wasn't much of a sermon, it was a talk. So here's the notes. I'll get to them next week or something. So. Let's stand and we'll pray together. You always start with the f- what's reality. Reality is you're a part. The Lego thing's imperfect, but if it gets you started, then use it. I'm not, a, I'm not an entity in myself. That's not what I am. I'm, I'm a part, and I get my meaning when I'm connected to something bigger. That's when I get my meaning. That's when I get my purpose. That's when I find my place. Dear God, Open our eyes. Open our eyes to see what's happening in our society. Open our eyes to see what's happening around us and in us. Let it be an awakening for us. This is how you made us. God, give us the courage and the commitment to connect in Christ. Guide us as we go forward, we pray. Amen. 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 Happy Sunday, Orchard.